Hey folks, Chop here. Just a quick update on our mascot naming contest. Paul and I have narrowed down the entries to what we feel are the five strongest. So head on over to the loadedcartgaming.com slash contest page to cast your ballot. We're going to be using the alternate vote method to select a winner, so you will get to rank the five contenders, and those rankings will be used to determine the winner. You will need a Google sign-in to vote, and the ballot box is going to close at the end of the month. So you have almost three weeks to go vote. So head on over to loadedcartgaming.com contest. And here is some smooth jazz to play you in. Greetings, and welcome to episode 12 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. week's episode, we talk about the shenanigans publishers and developers put their players through. Really? Horse armor? Just do it. It's, it's done. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. Today's episode, the good, the bad, and the ugly of developer shenanigans. I am Paul of What's While Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, man? Uh, nothing much, man. It's been a little while, but it's you know good to good to sit down and actually record something again instead of going through our backlog. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. I'm I'm kind of it's kind of nice to. I mean, I've been on vacation for the last week, so I haven't done shit until today. It's been nice. <laughs> I bet. I wish I could get a vacation like that. I know, I know, but you know, kids, you, you don't get vacations anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just kind of drop them off at like a, a one of their grandparents' house. That's fair. I, yeah, I don't. Ha- I don't really have that luxury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so how have uh, how have you been lately? What have you been What have you been up to other than work and uh, Dark Souls Three? Uh, actually, we finished Dark Souls Three, at least the first game. Um, Drew and I of uh, Hops and Heroes, we finished that up. Uh, other than that, mostly I've just been house hunting. I'm going to be putting an offer in on a house fairly soon, the next week or so. It's pretty sweet. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Nice uh, 1900 square foot house over in Strongsville. Very nice area. Nice. It's like the the mall is. You could throw a rock and hit the mall from my from my house, from my prospective house. Not a joke. You could actually hit the mall. Nice. Yeah. The uh the last house that we had was about 1900 square feet, and uh it was a pretty decent sized house, but it was also like 100 years old and had enormous ceilings. Like I mean, like 15 feet ceilings. It was just craziness. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Uh, unfortunately, um, this thing's a is very nice, lovely house, split level, got a great deck out back, very private yard, no vaulted ceilings. Yeah. Well, that's, what do. that's the thing. These weren't vaulted ceilings. They're, it was just an old-ass house, and old-ass houses have giant rooms for, you know, to help Circulation, keep you yeah. cold, you know, keep cool yeah. in the summer and not, like, you know, die in the Georgia heat. I hear you. Because, <sighs> yeah, the house definitely predates air conditioning. And true. I think the owner before us was the one that installed air conditioning in the house, so... That had until, expensive. Yeah. Well, they also the air conditioning unit got stolen after he got foreclosed on. So that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, the actual unit outside got stolen, so we had to have a new one installed. That's kind of fucked up. But at least you didn't have to worry about the ductwork that, that was already yeah, installed. The hard, the hard part, all the ductwork was already good. So. Yeah, that's that's a that's five figures at least. Yeah. 
our our guy just had to basically tape it all up and secure it. And so yeah, instead of a gaming podcast, we're just going to talk about houses now. So uh, yeah. good luck for the DIY guys. Yeah, that's uh, gonna it, rearrange a wall over here or something. Back How to games. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been playing uh, Dying Light as well as Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I uh, actually just got caught up on uh, Hops and Heroes, and I heard you've been playing uh, Final Fantasy fourteen with Drew and Bailey and Tadpog Dave. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, we've also been playing with, uh, in fact, the folks from Experience Grind, uh, Kyle of Experience Grind just joined us. And uh, I am so sorry if I screw up your name. Uh, I believe it's Josh from Stale Popcorn. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're turning into a free company of podcasters. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny because like, I play that game a little bit and like I'd be tempted to join you guys, but I don't know if I want to pay a monthly subscription for a, a game I'm only going to play like a couple of days a week. Yeah, it's I felt the same way and but I realized that you know it's it's going to be fun with friends. I might as well just have some fun with it. It's 15 bucks a month. I can afford that. Yeah. That's that, that does make it tempting. I've actually been on, along the same lines. I've started playing uh Star Wars the Old Republic some recently because it's free. Yep, like, yep. And uh, and I wanted to see cuz I've always paid a subscription for it when I played it. So I was like, hmm, I wonder what it's like if you don't have a subscription and turns it's, out it's not terribly no. different like so. It's World of Warcraft Star Wars edition. Yeah, you just you get a little kind of debuff to the amount of experience you can get and you can't build rested experience, I think are the base with the two things. Yeah, and and that's hardly a huge deal. I mean, that's yeah. you're you're leveling slightly longer. Yeah. It's it, yeah, so yeah, I'd be tempted to to pick up Final Fantasy fourteen again. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. I mean, it's you don't have to if you don't want to. It's it's there if you want to do that. I said the same thing to Dave. He's like, "Yep, I'm done. Let's do this right now." <laughs> I said, "I'm not pressuring you into anything." He's like, "No, no, no. I don't feel pressure. I wanted to pick it up. I just didn't have a reason to until now." Yeah, the problem for me though is I need to really need to wait until June first, probably. Okay. And uh, so June 1st, for those of you who don't know, is a magical day for everyone who is a subscriber of Comcast Internet, because June 1st is the magical day when your quota, it's not a cap quota of, you know, information you are allowed to upload and download from the Internet jumps from 300 gigabytes of I no one can use this without going over your data cap. So we're charging you and extorting you for extra money of 300 gigabytes to one terabyte a month yeah which is a million times more reasonable when you know your entire point of your internet is to stream television like literally our internet package is the streaming television package and we go over the data cap every month because you know you still stream more television than they want to reasonably allow you to do yeah it's not that they they just you know arbitrarily set this cap at 300 gigs and apparently it had been at 250 for like 15 years or something like that since like the early 2000s and then like when they decided to start actually enforcing their cap policy which was happened about a year ago uh they upped it to 300 the the fact that cap policies exist is bullshit anyway but that's another that's a different podcast in fact i would love to bitch about that for an hour and a half yeah well they got something along the lines of 10,000 FCC complaints about their cap policy uh, in the past year. So yeah, it's, they need to change it. Yeah. Something needed to happen. Um, So yeah. So basically it's going to jump to a terabyte and I don't have to worry about, you know, massive downloads like that because i'm pretty sure we're already over our 300 gig cap for the month and there's still a week left yeah which is still 
Again, bullshit. Uh, you don't pay overages or anything. They just throttle the speed. Oh, no. You pay overages. That's what? It's is $10? this Canada? $10 for every 50 gigs you go over. That's This is Canada bullshit right here. Or I mean, That's the only place that I've seen that's, that it's actually happened until you talk, told me this today. Or you can pay $35 a month for unlimited data. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say eat me. Yeah, basically. So <laughs> that's why uh, that's why I have filed now multiple FCC complaints against them. Because fucking blame you one bit. Because it's basically like so my internet, my internet and TV package costs seventy dollars a month. So they want me to pay another thirty five for unlimited internet. So they want me to a hundred and fifty percent of my bill. <laughs> that's some bullshit right there. It's, it's stupid. It's just yeah, stupid. So. Quite frankly. So June 1st is going to be a good day and uh, this will actually be out after June 1st, which is kind of funny, I think. Mm. But yeah, so June 1st will be good because I'm going to actually start streaming again a little bit and I'm going to uh, be able to do a lot more stuff. Like I have some some little things that I'm I'm working on that you know about that we're not ready to talk about yet, I don't think. I I got something working on as well for the show that I'm not ready to reveal just yet. And yeah, uh, I'm lying when I said I've been working on it. (laughs) You've been procrastinating on it. Is I've, what been you've been I've been on vacation. All right. Come on. Yeah. I've, I've but, done nothing but smoke cigars and drink scotch for the last week and a half. Nice. But yeah, th- for me, my the project I'm working on should start next month, I think. I'm pretty well, sure. I'm hoping that'll be the same thing for my project because it shouldn't be too difficult to put together. Right now, it's basically just involves uh, waiting for our our, our buddy Mark. Up. No, right now it's oh. waiting on our buddy Mark to uh, do a new little bit of artwork for us. And, yeah. Uh, and so that's going to be kind of fun. For for those of you who don't realize who Mark is, he is our lovely artist who has just fantastically done the artwork for the sh- for Loaded Cart podcast, for my show, What's Paul Playing Today, and for the new thing that Dan is working on. <laughs> Vagary. Vagaries, <laughs> yes. So you've asked me what I was doing. What have you been up to since we last talked on the cast? I've actually been doing some costuming stuff for Dragon Con a little bit. Um, nice. I actually have a couple of amusingly sewing classes that i'm gonna go to in the next few weeks to uh learn more about like actually how to do shit from patterns and alter patterns and sweet you know stuff to stuff to learn learn me some some sewing stuff because i have no idea how the crap to sew <laughs> i and, learned sewing back in high school i still know some about it like i, I can yeah. i can mend some pants and shit that's about it yeah I, like i i can sew a button back on yeah and, like i can really really half-ass sew a hole and yeah some pants i can sew the but, shit out of a hole but i couldn't make my own my own clothing or anything like yeah yeah then that's that's the point because when you're costuming it's easy sometimes easier to make your own clothing to, than to buy something so i've got a i've got a sith outfit that i'm working on for nice. uh dragon nice. con and uh that should be good i think I, I got a bunch of lightweight material so i won't cook in uh dragon con because it's still it's pretty hot in the it's hotels pretty blistering in the hotel. i mean you get you get several thousand people into the same room you're gonna get blistered pretty quick yeah and especially when uh you're in full costume no oh, absolutely i mean th- there's uh one costume that i saw of uh oh gosh uh the ornstein the dragon slayer mm-hmm. he that full costume has to be very very warm yeah there was a a woman last year who was really funny she's been there for the past couple of years i think and she's got this really awesome charizard outfit like big full-size dragon charizard thing right. with you know actual light in the tail and everything and this big like macro macrame not macrame that's not the right word paper mache paper mache yeah that one like big paper mache 
out mask that's you know been finished and everything and like she can only have that mask on for like 10 minutes at a time before she like sweat pouring down her face and she has to take breaks from people taking her picture so yeah but at least she's at fans that's really nice yeah it's it's pretty funny like there's there's some really fun stuff at dragon con so i want to go one of these days but at the same time people yes i'm not really big on people (laughs) and there are a lot of people like several thousand several several thousand like i think the past couple of years it's been somewhere between 60 and eighty thousand. wow yeah no thanks i'm gonna hard pass on that squeezed into five hotels but i know tyler <laughs> dave are gonna be there they're always there so we want to oh, meet up cool. with them uh, yeah so, I, I might might have to see about doing that i don't know if drew and bailey will be there i think they are planning on going to they're planning on going they, they go every year since they live they're like right there yeah they're still in surf from atlanta yeah and it's it's been kind of funny just working on stuff but yeah uh we actually just got rid of our hotel room today because cassie's only planning on going uh one day of the thing instead of all four so there's no reason no reason to spend thirteen hundred dollars on a hotel room if it's just going to be me staying in it so were were i not going to purchase a house i would make plans to go down (laughs) yeah the house is a little more important a little Um, bit yeah especially since my date for here is um june 30th yeah uh, yeah i probably should kind of figure that out yes yes you should. <laughs> anyway uh yeah so games i've been playing as i mentioned i've been playing some uh star wars the old republic been enjoying the new rotating crazy special modes in league of legends and i've actually been playing a bunch of hearthstone because me too, me too. because that's actually one of the games that i'm thinking about streaming and part of it is because there's a actually a big Hearthstone audience. But the other part of it is, I, I don't know, like I've been looking at some of the kind of theory craft behind it and kind of learning more about card power and mm-hmm. how to how to actually tell what cards are good and, and not and uh, how to build and construct your own decks. And yep. it's actually really interesting. And I think if I do something kind of more mechanical like that on a stream where I'm talking about like how to build an arena deck and why to pick cards over other cards and... You know, when you've got a reason for the actual stream instead of just hey just watch me play yeah when it's yeah actually talk about moves and strategy and shit and like yeah i'm not i'm nowhere near some of the you know best players in the world or anything like that i'm you know nowhere close to that i don't think i've gotten past the teens and ranked play but you know it'll be fun it'll be different and it'll, it gives people a different perspective but i don't i don't really expect to have a big audience just kind of a fun idea i think sure sure any uh cleanup from the last few episodes no not really i was i've been we have an episode that's getting ready to air that what's it called uh digital distribution stuff and i actually looked on uh because i was just curious at gamestop's digital distribution things like are they even like is it even worth half a shit they actually have the complete collection of uh civ 5 civilizations 5 nice for like 13 dollars right now wow yeah so i was like i was like holy crap that's actually that's a really good deal that's a decent steal. And then I was like, but I don't want to give GameStop any money. Yeah, I don't I don't either. I mean, I, I sometimes shop there out of necessity, but because they have something that no other place does. But yeah. I, I tend to avoid it as much as I can. No the, only, the only reason I walk into this shop is because of the people. The, the employees there are aces. They're really nice people who clearly enjoy video games, really just want to work in the gaming industry. And this is the best way they can figure out how. The problem yeah. is that they're working for GameStop. And that's, yeah. that's not their fault. <laughs> yeah so what are you drinking i am drinking uh i'm going to butcher the name but i am drinking 
As I roll back in my chair, Glenmorangi La Santa. I, I'm sure I have butchered the name, but it is a delicious uh, sherry cask finished Scotch whiskey, aged 12 years. What about you? Real quick, we have a, a breaking comment in the uh, YouTube chat yeah. where Ryan um, McQuillan, I think. That's my buddy Ryan Mac. Uh, I'm not going to marry you, buddy. I thank you for the proposal, though. There you go. Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, buddy. So I'm drinking. I'll help you move into your house, though. <laughs> close enough right so i'm drinking a little beer from oregon by the company rogue that's called dead guy uh it is apparently see according to since i looked it up on beer advocate because i had no idea what the hell kind of style this is it is actually a hellas bach or a Maybach. it's six and a half percent and freaking delicious and we've got uh, more comments from my my buddy tom he says hi paul and other guy other guy being dan hi from the other guy (laughs) anyway um delicious beer good scotch yes all right all right anything cool going on in the uh ridiculous gaming verse going on there i not sh- i'm already married sorry ryan he's he's asking us to marry him um so th- i think the only real thing to talk about right now and i i'm pretty sure we're gonna talk about this in another episode and extra credits actually just did a episode on this so it's kind of interesting but the kind of monkey gorilla elephant dragon titanic in the room is the shutdown that blizzard did for the crazy private illegal server of vanilla wow and i can't remember what the name of it is i know it starts with an n uh i, I don't remember either but I, I, mm. but it, it's it's a really it's an interesting question that it proposes and uh it's kind of just this really crazy interesting scenario where so they were illegally running and had reverse engineered a server of the original vanilla world of warcraft with none of the expansions none of like just the original zero to 60 unaltered original thing they had allegedly 150 50,000 active players 150,000 people i mean it was free Um, and in order to protect their intellectual property, Blizzard was basically required to send a cease and desist letter. Like, there's the, l- legally, there is absolutely no faulting Blizzard. No, not in, at all. In my opinion, like, you they, have to protect your property. And if they didn't and someone else starts stealing their shit, they literally it, had it, no it legal could, recourse. Yeah, they it might have completely removed any illegal recourse. Like, they would have been able to say, like, well, look, the Blizzard lets these other guys keep going, and they've known about that for years. But yeah, Australia's was was the longest uh, running one. Australia's, by the way, it was the longest running for years, like five, ten years before Blizzard's like, yeah, we can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. And so it's actually sparked a really big conversation amongst just the entire gaming community right now of several things. Like, should Blizzard run legacy servers? Like there's other companies that have kind of done those. Actually, the the one that Extra Credits pointed out that's really interesting is EverQuest. Mm-hmm. So so EverQuest has these servers that are up to date with the most current patch, but you unlock the expansions gradually over time through community events on the servers. Interesting. So it starts off the vanilla game, but with the most most recent patch. And then, like, as you accomplish goals, you unlock the first expansion. And then you the whole server accomplishes things and unlocks the second expansion all the way through to whatever the current expansion of EverQuest is, which there's like 3,000 of them. So who knows? <laughs> there's enough. Yeah. So and then the other question that it spawns uh, is, you know, what it's a like a digital rights thing. Like, so what right do you have to play the games that you have purchased in the manner in which you purchase them? 
Hmm. And it's it's just an interesting question to ponder. Like, I don't know if there's a right answer, like legally or whatever. Uh-huh. But the idea is like, if you purchased WoW back in the vanilla day, what right do you have to play vanilla WoW today? And even if like, you know, what right do you have to play Wrath of the Lich King today? Like that era of WoW, not the current era, but the one right. that you bought in on. Another example would be, so Fallout 4. Like if you loved Fallout 4 before these DLC came out and before they patched in some of the bug fixes, what yeah. right do you have to play that original version of Fallout 4? Which is just an, it's an interesting thing to ponder because it's like, hmm, I don't know how I would answer that. I mean, I would assume yes to a degree. Like, it, it's it's weird because as far as I know, you can still play vanilla WoW content up to a point. I mean, you can, but the mechanics are different. And they've yeah. actually, with Cataclysm, they went through and basically redid all of vanilla content. Like That's all of vanilla point. content got changed. That's a really good point. I don't know. I, there's really no answer, but it's certainly a fun philosophical question to ponder. Yeah. So like that. that's kind of, I think, the only... There's, there's probably some other things out there that we could talk about, but I think that's the big interesting one that's getting thrown around right now by a lot of people. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's a bad around. It's interesting food for thought, I think, mm-hmm. at the very least. All right. Any other cleanup to do with the uh, current events? No, I, I think we're good. Let's, let's right. really so, get started. Okay. Do we want to go? There's there's a lot of things we can cover. There's pre-order shenanigans, DLC, the, the anti-piracy stuff, which is absolutely hilarious. The stuff that the anti-piracy stuff that they do to make it fun for the the pirates the anti-piracy stuff that screws over the regular people or even some uh, free games that have come out what do you yeah. want to pick, pick through first um let's do pre-order stuff first let's start, right. start at the beginning let's okay. start at the beginning sounds good at least the beginning of our notes well the i mean that's the beginning of the life cycle of a product is you being able to pre-order it nah, shouldn't be but yeah yes <laughs> it definitely so shouldn't be those of you at home wondering why my voice sounded different I have a cigar in my mouth anyway yeah um so no, this was mostly your notes. Go for it. Yeah. So I mean, pre-orders are a weird thing. You are mm. you are giving someone money for something that you don't even know whether or not is going to be good, or technically even if it's when it's going to be, to be released. Yeah. When or if it's going to be finished. Well, for the most part, most places are ethically good enough to not let you pre-order something unless you unless it's actually has a release date and has been released i'm looking at you gamestop because you will allow people to you know pre-order stuff if you don't have yeah if you don't have a release date dicks as your cocks (laughs) yeah so we uh, we get into that in a different episode we will uh the question on the chat was where do you think the line is between pre-order and kickstarter there is going to be a lot of that coming in so I for my answer for that question of where the line is between pre-order and Kickstarter is that it totally depends on the developer. Yes. If a developer has a proven track record that they finish and ship games, I think you can consider Kickstarter the equivalent to a pre-order. If they have no history, you are giving money to a dream and you're hoping that it pans out because it is literally just a speculative investment. And I say this having kickstarted like a hundred and some projects over various things. And Uh, for example, the guys who made Shadowrun, they would be a proven developer that you can kickstart without fear. Yeah. With they, they just, their most recent one was a battle tech game. And I have zero doubts that they're going to finish that game and they're going to finish it relatively on time and within budget because they've done two other, well, three other, because they did Golem Arcanum, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the board slash miniatures game. Yeah. So they've, I mean, they've shipped three kickstarter projects so it is it is effectively pre-order for them yeah the flip side yeah i mean 
Well, yeah, Star Citizen still doesn't have anything out. I would actually be really skeptical of a second Double Fine, even though they have shipped, well, technically third Double Fine, because they've shipped two games. They've they shipped Broken Age and they shipped Massive Chalice. Yeah, Massive Chalice was terrible. I'm sorry. It just was. Yeah, but, um, but Broken like, Age was okay. Yeah, but it's, you know, like they have a track record that is theoretically positive. But it's not. Oh, but it's not really proven. I but mean, it's not it's got, not flawless. Like they, right. they had massive problems with they had massive problems with Broken Age, like getting that out and having to release half the game to make more money to be able to finish the game and all kinds of just weirdness. Yeah. Uh but uh there's there's plenty of for lack of a better term, shenanigans that goes on with that kind of thing. I mean, there's retailers specific deals, like all that stuff that goes on at GameStop. I believe that the two Follow New Vegas stuff that went on the the, the caravan God, the caravanners gear was wasn't that a GameStop exclusive? I don't remember the caravanners gear. The only thing I remember because I I pre-ordered the uh, collector's edition of Fallout New Vegas, and that came with like if you pre-ordered it, came with an armored vault suit, mm-hmm. a upgraded ten millimeter pistol, and a bottomless canteen of water that it would automatically drink from anytime you got thirsty and it's just like that seems to make yeah yeah just really weird it kind of makes the the hardcore mode to be a little bit less hardcore i don't know how well the canteen worked in hardcore mode but it definitely gave you an advantage because the armored vault suit actually you know had some armor at the beginning of the game and the 10 millimeter pistol did a little more damage, but it was still significant. More, I don't think it was significant. It was only like a couple more points of damage per shot, but it was still a couple more damage, a point, you know, per shot. The other thing they really love to do is throw unlockable characters and skins for things at you with pre-order shit. Yeah. Like, the most famous one I can think of that, I, you know, at least it comes off to my head is the uh, Soul Calibur 4 stuff where if you had an Xbox, you got Yoda. And if you had a PlayStation 3, you had Darth Vader. And if you had Nintendo, you got Link. Yeah. Because that was that was uh, the, the Nintendo exclusive for Soul Calibur 4. Yeah. For some reason, it released on all three, and I cannot imagine why. Not, and not really what, the point, though. And I, I'm trying to remember the game that had uh, Hihachi in it as a uh, from Tekken as a DLC character if you... If you pre-ordered, and it was a, it was another fighting game. I, I was it Smash Bros? No, I think it was Soul Calibur. It was, was one it? of the Soul Calibur games, Maybe. I think, but I don't I don't remember. It's that's one of the ones that's like, meh. I just remember Hihachi being in some weird game that he didn't belong in. Yeah, that had weapons. And so I'm pretty sure it's Soul Calibur four. And there was the Catwoman DLC from Arkham City. They eventually just said, you know what? You don't have to pre-order it. You can just have it. Yeah. And th- speaking of Arkham City, Batman loves to do pre-order skins and shit like that when you uh order their games like they'll they'll have like all the like 30 different weird batman costumes that you get uh like batman beyond and stuff like that as much as i love batman beyond i don't think i'd ever pre-order just for that skin yeah no no you got like 10 skins but my my point remains i I don't like pre-orders i don't like giving money to people they have a game that you want eventually i mean I'd, i'd rather wait until it's not only finished but just you know, it's not full price. Yeah, it's weird. And uh, apparently back in the day, Uncharted 2, I think, had golden weapons for multiplayer. Like they had no no difference in anything other than the fact that you just had these gold blinged out weapons for every yeah. weapon in the game when you're playing in multiplayer. And same with Gears of War 2, I think. And then I remember I remember this really, really weird shit in uh, Mass Effect. I think it was Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. Some, for some reason, all of these two games. But if you had the original Dragon Age game installed and you played Mass Effect 2, 
you could have Dragon Age themed armor in Mass Effect. I believe there was a reverse to that as well with Dragon yeah. Age 2. I might be wrong though. Yeah. It seems about on par for what seems a lot legit, of these. Yeah. Yeah. Then another thing that I actually don't think is a terrible idea is there's a lot of things now where when you pre-order a game, you'll get like beta access or some form of early access to the game. We kind of saw that with the division most recently but for the most part like it was just an open beta and anyone could play but but you see this sometimes just really weird things where you'll just you'll suddenly you know you pre-order it and you get access to the closed beta and you kind of see that sometimes with uh i think world of warcraft when it gets really really close to release they'll throw it out there just to help you get it you know super excited on a new expansion right Um, but a lot of things you see with mmos are what what i would call a head start so you you know you buy the game now and you can play it a week before anyone else can and you get all that progress and yeah, and and the uh, as Ryan's pointing out, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur had some Mass Effect inspired weapons. If you play both demos and vice versa, where Mass Effect had some Kingdoms of Amalur inspired weapons, the pretty good trade off. But uh, I found it interesting that um, studios that had nothing to do with each other, like uh, Thirty Eight Studios, had nothing to do with EA, as far as I know, and yeah, yeah, vice versa, or so, Bioware, yeah. yeah. Other than they made RPGs, pretty much, yeah. I, I, but at that point, was um. No, Mass Effect was still just Bioware itself, so that might that might not have been as far fetched as EA doing it because EA doesn't do anything fun anymore. They just kind of shit on dreams. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> you also got some if you pre order, you got some physical knickknacks like the Pit Boy. Yeah, or, I think I think the most famous one now is probably the Pit Boy. Yeah, um, on shelf up there. Yeah, I am mixed on the Pit Boy right now. Originally, it was like super super cool and like it was a really great like you know kind of awesome thing to be able to get with a pre-order the bobblehead no the pit boy oh the bobble- the, the the bo- pit boy. yeah the bobbleheads were, were actually kind of cool too that was another cool thing that uh yeah they did you got like the little actual little bobbleheads from the game right but, like now the kind of the more i think about it like and kind of look at it occasionally it's just kind of like I, I feel like i've wasted some money with this particularly really cheaply yeah. made thing yeah that's yeah. how i feel sometimes too yeah the, one of the coolest things i've seen with the pit boy that someone did with it is the guy who runs a website and a company called punished props and mm-hmm. he does lots of prop building like full-time he's a prop builder for cosplay stuff sure but he took apart his pit boy and professionally finished it and weathered it and you know that gave it some battle damage and stuff and repl- they put real screws in it where there are fake screws and like right, his right. actually looks really fucking good but um, yeah, unfortunately you, I don't know that kind of skill yeah but then you you look at this you know I mean it's, piece of shit. Yeah. it's kind of cool that they made it look exactly like the one that's in the game because yeah. the one in the game looks like a jumbo plastic thing too but sure man. but I guarantee it wasn't made of this, this kind of press molded plastic yeah it might have been i don't know man it would not have been able to take that kind of beating yeah no, i'm just being funny but more often than not you know the pip boy aside like knickknacks tend to be horrible yeah. is, is being probably polite yeah we we talked a little bit ago about dead island riptide and they had just basically like a <laughs> mangled bust. mangled torso of a woman in a bikini with no head or arms or legs like yeah yeah that was just, i don't know if that's poor or just in poor taste yes <laughs> but then there's some other funny ones like resident evil 5 apparently came with a snow globe snow globe yeah 
I didn't get the snow globe, but I remember the snow globe. I, I in fact the I remember in your notes you got infamous second son Italian pre order with condoms and Red Bull. I remember yes. that controversy. You, you and in Italy, if you pre ordered infamous second son, you got like a box of condoms and two cans of Red Bull. <laughs> For no reason. Like there's there's no reason for those to be in that particular package whatsoever. <laughs> it's it is hilarious though. Like I love it that was very idea. Funny. I love the idea, but it's just what why is this here? Yeah. I mean and I think my perf- my personal favorite of the just really weird ones is uh Assassin's Creed Black Flag in in the UK. Keep that's very important. In the UK, if you pre ordered Assassin's Creed Black Flag, you got an American style football, like NFL yes. football of Assassin's Creed Black Flag with the logo on it. No reason for it. In the UK. I, I understand. <laughs> I, you know, I understand because they probably don't often own American footballs, but not exactly your target market. Yes, yes. That I don't know. Um, and then the other really funny one that I found was uh, there was a, a, I don't know where, but there was a pre-order a reward knickknack thing for Street Fighter 4 that were called Thumb Fighters. And they were like these little things that you put over your thumb that had the face of a Street Fighter character on them so that your thumb could be like Ryu or Ken or Blanca while you thumb wrestled. We'll have some videos in in the in the show notes just so you can see the ridiculousness. I don't. Are there videos of that? I I, I just look. I just quickly googled and there's a the commercial for them. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag you that thing later. Uh, the last one that I think we both want to talk about is the one million dollar Saints Row, the super dangerous Wadwad edition, yeah, aka the, the million dollar pack. The the Commander in Chief edition of Saints Row Four is yeah. quite possibly one of the funniest ideas for dlc ever because let me let me give the rundown of what's all entailed in this just to see there was to be to be clear there were one there was one copy of the commander-in-chief edition of saints row 4 and i do not know if it was ever purchased it it is literally a one you have to spend one million dollars for this particular edition and i'll tell you why because you get the saints row 4 commander-in-chief edition of 59.99 the actual retail copy you get a virgin galactic space flight yes you go into space the full-size replica dubstep gun which is 500 dollars and the estimated value of the gun a hostage rescue experience which is two hundred dollars and 36 cents apparently uh plastic surgery a lower body lift uh, so, which is about $7,311, according I'm, to this. I'm going to guess a lower body lift is like a tummy tuck or something I, like that. Probably some sort of plastic surgery. I don't know why, but whatever. A personal shopper for $39,000, an annual membership of this personal shopper. Just, you know, you get a, a personal shopper for a year. Okay, why not? Capsule wardrobe, which is... I don't know what that is, but it's $12,000, so why not? The Seven Nights at the Top Royal Suite at the Burj Al Arab in Dubai. Please tell, please correct my, my uh, pronunciation if you, if anyone can. A week for two at the Jefferson Hotel in Washington, D.C. I've stayed in this hotel. It is a beautiful hotel, and it's worth $4,900. Not for a single week, at, for a month, maybe. A first-class flight to Dubai for $1,984.15. A first-class flight to Washington, which is $1,451. That seems like... It should be slightly cheaper, considering. Uh, a Lamborghini Gallardo, which is $250,000. Go ahead. You're going to say something. Oh, the the base price for that flight is based on a uh, luxury class ticket from London to New York. It, it, yep. 
Good call. Or London into DC. Good call. Uh, and a Toyota Prius, which is $32,650. I don't know why they give you the Prius and the Gallardo, but whatever. Maybe one for tooling around the area and one for just, you know, weekend days. Uh, and a one year of auto insurance for $1,836. And a supercar membership, which is $15,920. And I know you had a comment about the one year of auto insurance. Oh, yeah. I was I was joking earlier about the uh, auto insurance, but looking at the picture above, it kind of makes sense now. But yeah, I was my comment was basically like, there's no way in fucking hell that a year's worth of car insurance for a Lamborghini is $1,800 for yeah. a fucking year. But I mean, if, if you actually look at the image, like the actual press image from DTR, right. it says Toyota Prius plus one year's plus insurance. insurance. For that makes Prius. more sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. All told, if you were listening to the the money that I was, the numbers I was throwing out there, the total cost is actually $629,974.69. That is under the $1 million that they quoted. Granted, this is also based on a little bit of conjecture on their part of them just taking numbers for the average costs of these particular things. So it might be more, it might be less. I don't know. I mean, apparently the achievement unlocked of one <laughs> one million uh, gamer points of fool and his money would be a great achievement for that. But I don't think they can do that since they're they're limited generally to one one thousand points per game. If there's more DLC, you can get more points. Yeah, it looks like uh, the capsule wardrobe thing is actually like a cl- like capsule. I think is a clothing company, and it looks like it's just like literally a giant wardrobe full of sh- clothes. So it's like twelve thousand dollars worth of clothes. But, See, my geek ass brain direct, immediately went to Capsule Corp of uh, Dragon Ball fan. Yeah, <laughs> but that is granted. It's you're you're getting a little bit less for your money, but that is a lot of shit to throw at you for a million bucks. Yeah, and it's just it's a really just I think funny idea for for DLC. It's totally the sense of humor of the game, though. Absolutely, like, totally absolutely the sense of humor for the game. When, when you're walking around with a dick sword and whacking people to death, yeah, that's definitely in the sense of humor. And, and a dubstep gun. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's funny. It's it's definitely a same sort of thing. Yep. I got no problem with it, but it is. It's just one of those things of like just amusing pre-order packages that I think like to borrow the UK term takes the piss out of pre-order packages. I do like that. I, I do like the idea <laughs> of taking a pre-order package and just saying, giving it a, the biggest middle finger you can possibly think of and someone just dropping the million dollars there. I, I love the idea of that. I love the, the heart of that. And uh, while Dan order, opens a beer, I'm going to try and stall a little bit. Uh, there's oh, also the, <laughs> the, the day one achievements like, um, they're like they're literally day one achievements. Yep. Like you, you can get, only you get an achievement for playing the game on the day it was released. Usually, which, apparently, they are zero gamer point achievements. Like, which I mean, yeah, bragging rights, I guess. It's, but, it's just completionist bullshit, basically. Yeah, yeah, bragging rights, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but apparently, several companies are doing this now, which is kind of stupid. I mean, um, I get it. There are okay. some people, achievement hunters out there, who want to get all of the achievements. I, I know my buddy is, is a huge achievement hunter, but I don't know if he yeah. he do that. I really don't. See, I would I would have a problem with with day one achievements if they affect your ability to get one hundred percent completion yeah. on a game. I if get that. You, if you cannot get one hundred percent completion, if you don't get the day one achievement, I think someone needs to be shot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just that's bullshit. I could totally understand that. But amusingly, in, in our search for kind of researching some of these things, like I found a website that's called gamepreorders.com and you can literally 
like all they do is compile lists of what who who is offering what pre-order shit to go with what games where to like it's actually really useful if you like the pre-order stuff yeah it is like it's just it's basically so that you can make an informed decision of where you want to pre-order your game so if you like this stuff like if you like the weird collectible statues and shit like that like that's actually probably going to be a really useful website like i actually consider looking at it for some things but i generally don't get physical copies of games anymore i don't either unless it's a like an xbox one game i might get a physical copy but otherwise i'm it's on Steam. I'm going to buy it. Or if it's on the Humble Store or if it's... I, I mean, I hesitate to buy from Origin, but I will buy occasionally from Origin if it's an EA game. Yeah. There's rare occasions that I will pre-order something to, you know, for a bonus. But sure. you know, like the, the Pip-Boy edition is obviously, you know, proof of that. I yeah. also have a tendency to pre-order the collector's editions for the Star Wars... Or not Star Wars, for uh, World of Warcraft expansions just because they actually have some really cool art books and shit in them that... They do. Is, it's just a cool thing to have. Yeah, yeah, having an entire shelf of them where the only thing I'm missing is the collector's edition of Vanilla WoW, which I'm not going to spend the money for because holy shit, <laughs> if I went, if I went and bought a used copy of that online, it'd be it's thousands. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, of money. Now it's crazy. All right, I think we've about exhausted pre-orders. Yeah. Uh, DLC. Just, yes. So theoretically, phase two of your your life with a video game is when you start running into DLC because. It is nearly impossible to find a game now that does not invoke DLC in, in some capacity yeah. to squeeze a little extra money out of a property. Or, or if, or if you're, if they're really a, a cool company and they feel like they, they either a have done something wrong and need to make amends for it, they might give free DLC out. Yeah, there's a few companies that I think do this right for all intents and purposes. And then I'll go skin and quick. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Witcher 3 seems to be doing it right. Mm-hmm. Like they have their first DLC is getting ready to come out soon. And it's it might as well be an expansion for the game. Pretty much, yeah. Like the way people used to handle expansions is, in my opinion, what DLC should be. I agree. The the best thing I can think of is like Baldur's Gate, the first Baldur's Gate game, and then there's an expansion for it. And then, like, there's the second Baldur's Gate game had a couple of expansions for it, I think. Yep. Throne um, of Ball and... Sword Coast, I think. Uh, Tales from the Sword Coast was the first one. Throne okay. of Ball and... I can't think of it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Another good one I can think of is uh, Morrowind. Mm-hmm. So you had yeah, Morrowind and Tribunal and Blood Moon. And was there a third one? There was a third one. I can't remember what it was. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, those were expansions. And in my opinion, those could be dlc like that's that they should be dlc now where you pay 15 or 20 dollars for them and you know you have an add-on to your game but i'm wrong there's only two that's thought for some reason it was just tribunal and blood moon um i might be thinking of oblivion we'll, we'll get to oblivion it's 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 later down in the notes <laughs> Go on, i'm listening <laughs> so yeah so unfortunately what we get is not expansions yeah, we get we get a bunch of tacky shit usually. Again, I kind of want to pick on Fallout Four. Might as well. The yeah, the first two of their three expansions. I don't know. I don't know if that DLC would be an expansion. I, I'm pretty sure the Automaton stuff, which is basically like building building robots, and it had like a new quest line, like one quest line. Seems like 
this the problem that I see with a lot of DLC is it feels like, oh, hey, if we're running up against a hard date to release this game, we'll pull out the stuff that we haven't finished yet and sell it as DLC. Sure. And that's where I think that's where I think a lot of this goes wrong is when it's approached that way. And that when you start giving your customers the feeling that you're basically just using DLC to get more money out of them is when you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I, yep. I really have nothing else to add to that. That's just, that's just correct. Yeah. The, and kind of the worst, the worst offender in my opinion to this is Activision, unfortunately. And the game that I will, I will have no problem throwing under a bus here is the entire Call of Duty franchise. And this is this is why I stopped buying Call of Duty games. I was just when they announced this pricing scheme, it made me go, I'm done. I'm I'm never purchasing another one of these games because like literally they're just trying to get the most money they possibly can out of you. And it was just stupid. So these days, Call of Duty game gets released, you pay sixty dollars for the game brand new if you don't get a collector's edition if you get a collector's edition you're looking at like what like 80 or 90 dollars for the game about that yeah yeah so then they have this thing that they started a few years ago where you have premium access where they you know separate you from the plebes that don't buy the premium access so hopefully you don't hear as many like little kids cussing you out and calling you fag and like all kinds of other crazy shit because you know that's the reputation call of duty has so yeah, you pay thirty dollars to be you know separated from the plebes in the the premium access section of the game, and then they release fifteen dollar map packs, usually two or three of them. So you go from paying sixty dollars for a game to paying one hundred and twenty dollars for a game, at least every year. Yeah, because if you don't buy a map pack and your friends buy a map pack, you can't play with them because I, you can't you can't play on the same maps as them. So will, if your friends buy the map pack, you have to buy the map pack. I will say one thing in defense of the release distributor every year games. Uh, Battlefield has seen fit to do things a little bit differently. You could purchase the map packs, but eventually they will just say, fuck it, we're just going to release everything and you can get them all for free. And that's what I've really, really enjoyed about Battlefield. Like I had Battlefield 4, I purchased it. I was like, all right, this is a pretty good game, but in order to play with my friends, we, they had to play base content. Yeah. They had the map packs I did, and, and eventually got to the point where like, hey, we're just going to release all the map packs. Here you go, have fun. Yeah, that, that's a good... That's doing policy. it right, I think. Doing right by your customers, I think is probably a better way to say that. Yeah. But the problem with, again, even more of a problem with the map packs from Call of Duty is almost every one of the map packs featured maps from previous Call of Duty games. Like they were always like, here's, you know, Nuketown from two years ago that you really loved. And now we have Nuketown yeah. in this game again. And, you know, you could enjoy all the fun you had of that game in this game. And it's just like, why isn't that free? If you already be. made the map. It's not like it took you a whole shitload of work to get it working in this game using the exact same engine. Like, I, I I don't know. <laughs> I really have nothing for you. I just I just don't know. <laughs> I know. I, this is that's one of the reasons why I don't buy Call of Duty games because it just really pisses me off. Like how how just shitty they treat their customer because they realized, hey, instead of getting sixty dollars out of them for a game, we can get double of that every year because people love our games. I just think that is the most disrespectful thing you can do for your own customers. These are people that love your games and want to play your games. And literally, you're just thinking about how you can get double the amount of money out of them. And I think that's just some shit crap. 
I agree. There, there's one thing that I do like, though, and the, the only thing that would get me to really purchase the game is if they separated zombie horde mode from Call of Duty, the original franchise. I would play that. I would purchase that. Play, uh, I just play zombie horde mode. It's a lot of fun. Like, I, I, I played it with... Um, Rymac here, who was just on with us, uh, and and Tom, who was also there, we all played it over at Ryan's house, and that was a lot of fun to sit there and play with them, just to just sit there and play zombie horde mode because there's an actual story with the four maps. It's like you played Left 4 Dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's extremely similar to that. You can play uh, split screen co op four players, and there is an actual storyline that goes with it. But you have to play all the maps in sequence in order to get that. It's a sh- it's like it's an abbreviated storyline, much like Left 4 Dead. But you do get a story that slowly breathes out through that through that's, those maps. That's actually pretty cool. I, I would play the shit out of that, and I think yeah. that's what they're planning on doing is releasing the zombie horde mode solo. Yeah. yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you just get really, really shitty DLC. And Two words for you, buddy. You, you know what those words are? They better be horse armor. Those are horse armor. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> yeah, we got to Oblivion. Uh, there were actual packs. There's actual DLC for Oblivion that wasn't fucking horse armor, which is yeah, the, what yeah. caused a good buddy of mine, Blake Woods, to stop buying DLC and early access. Horse armor. Yeah, it stop. was. it is like the thing that haunts Bethesda is like... God. They announced this thing like, hey, we're going to do this really awesome stuff and we're going to we're going to create new content and sell it to you after the fact. And people are like, OK, that sounds cool. We will totally buy like new quest lines and new stories and, and yeah. new functionality in the game. This is great. What do you got for us? And it's like literally here's a three dollar thing where you could put armor on your horse. Yeah, but it's but it's not functional. It just looks it was it was more than that. Really? Because I, I was it was more than that. No, like the horse armor. It was DLC. Like, it was okay. literally just was horse armor. armor. No, no, I thought no, it was no, like no, more no. money than that. Oh, might might no, it, no, it was two dollars fifty cents. I'm yeah. wrong. Uh, it was it was, it was only a couple of dollars. Yeah, but still, that's more than I should have paid for fucking horse armor. Yes, you anyway. you should not have had to pay for horse armor. That's basically and to Bethesda's credit, they did come out and say like we fucked up. Yeah, our our bad dudes. Not in so many words, but yeah, we fucked we're, up. We're sorry. And then, uh, yeah, and then they started releasing real DLC. And yeah, and, and it was Shivering Isles, Knights of the Nine. Both were very huge expansion packs, really nice ones. Shivering Isles for, was, was really good. It was, the all, all of Oblivion was really good. Again, Shivering Isles was like Tribunal and like, yeah, it was, it was expansion an, packs, huge expansion packs for like 15 bucks. It is, it is what apparently Far Harbor is for fallout 4 it is an actual expansion for it which but you're paying more for far harbor allegedly 24.99 i paid 29 dollars for all of my dlc for fallout 4 granted i did i did not jump on the bandwagon speaking of that there's there's a rather large controversy surrounding season passes where you you're prepaying for all the dlc that comes out bethesda i'd have no problem doing it i understand it they they do have a very good track Mm -hmm. record of releasing dlc for all of the fallout games that has continually come out it's been good content they've learned from their mistakes and have given you great content for your money with other companies not so much but you're literally handing them money saying here's promised dlc give me yeah the the controversy is basically like if you Kind of like, should you reward a company for stuff that they have promised that you know nothing about? Sure. Like we know, like we'll we'll keep harping on Fallout Four because we can. So the original promise was here: we're going to give you your DLC, and it's going to be thirty dollars for all of it. And then they were like, "All right, look, here's what we want to do: 
we want to give you double the amount of DLC, but we want to up the price of the season pass. And then they said, but we're going to honor these season passes we've already sold. And if you've already bought one or you buy one within the next like week or two, I think they really, gave you. It was you. like two weeks they gave you. Yeah. If you buy one within the next two weeks, we will give you all of the DLC for the original reduced price. But after that, it's you have to pay 50. It's going to be like basically double almost. Yeah, I, I checked into it today. That that price was twenty twenty nine ninety nine. It is currently forty nine ninety nine. Yes. So they gave you like twenty dollars extra on that season. Pass. Yes, but even if you think about it, right now the three DLCs that are out, I believe, are worth fifty dollars. They they add up to forty, I believe. But that that's that's still ten bucks more worth of DLC that you're getting for probably. I believe they they said that there's going to be three more and then they're done. Yeah, there's. There's three more. They're they've, they're halfway done with their DLC, which is interesting in and of itself. Yeah, because the first two packs were literally just for the build mode, mm-hmm. which is well, no, one okay. of them was it actually Automaton had had a quest, like it had a, a storyline. Okay, yeah, but how big a one? I don't know. It was it was a quest line that involved like learning more about the automatrons and okay but but it was a full quest line it wasn't yeah. just a here you can now build your own fucking robot yes okay. but it, it led into here you can build your own crazy robots but but there was there was a setup for it as opposed then, to just here you can build anything yeah and then wasteland workshops was a lot like uh hearthfire for skyrim where there it, was, it was a quest line just, in order to get you a house i don't think it was a quest line it was just it just completely overhauled the uh base building aspects of the game okay. and added a That's whole cool. shitload of stuff to it to make it e- better and more customizable and and then far harbor is i've heard it compared to the expansion in fallout 3 where you go to maryland and i can't think of the name of it right now oh maryland the one yeah. where you go out into the bog basically oh okay i know what you're talking about it, I can't, I can't remember the name right now, but but anyway, but yeah, that's the it's it's compared to where you're literally going into the swamplands. Yeah. So so right now the three DLCs that are released at full price are forty dollars. You got ten dollars for Automatron, five dollars for Wasteland Workshop, and then twenty five for Far Harbor. So the season pass is only ten dollars more than what's currently released, and and there's another. One of the other mods that's on the way is going to be the size of Far Harbor, allegedly. Nice. They still have no information on those, but but Far Harbor is a full expansion pack. It's not. It's not just a single mission in order to unlock some content. Correct. It is a. It is an entirely new area. It's like going to the pit. Yes. Well, I think it's bigger than the pit. Okay, that's fair. Point Lookout. That's the one yeah, I was thinking yeah, of. That's the one. The one that has like a, basically an entirely new landmass. But yeah, I hopefully like I want them to do more stuff like the pit. Personally, like I would, I would love to see. I would love to see them either go to Philly or New York. I could see that because Boston is kind of in that area. So I would it's, love it's, to see because Philly would be interesting right because it is like the pit, other yeah. but it's on the other side of the state. Right. It's actually funny that they didn't use Philly and Fallout Three since it's because closer to DC. Yeah. yeah, but man, I would be interested to see what they did with a uh, yeah post-apocalyptic Philadelphia. I mean, that's because I've just interested in the place in general because you know i'm from there that's fair that's fair yeah I want, what would be really cool is if they make let you go to the football stadium which one yes like which one do you base it on though because it's an alternate history sure do you base it on the old vet 
Like there was apparently a I, giant pile of shit. Like, you're from fucking Philly, dude. I don't fucking know. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's it's Which an one? interesting yes. It's an interesting idea. Like, is I mean, they've had several football stadiums in the city, so sure. I don't know which one you base it off of in your retro history. I, I would, I would think the bed would be pretty cool. I think that was the bed because that's when that's basically when time was frozen for Fallout. It's a 1950s aesthetic for a modern era. All right, have we got enough DLC for you? Got anything more uh, to add? I don't have anything more to add. I think we can we can go to what is your favorite topic? I think for this episode. Well, while I do love, you know, busting some balls with it when it comes to uh, all this DLC stuff, all the all the, the pre-order unlocks, I also like to give credit where credit is due with some of the stuff that the the more hilarious stuff that happens, the the more benign stuff that people who actually legitimately buy games find just infinitely funny, and that's the anti-piracy hilarity that that happens with these kind of games. Top of the order is actually EA and The Sims Four. If you pirated The Sims Four. It would pixelate the whole game. Not not just when they're in the shower scenes. It, the whole game would end up looking like it's just coming out of an Atari. That, to me, is just fucking funny. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Are you familiar with Alan Wake? Yes. But, like the, 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 I can't remember the studio that does it. But uh, Alan Wake, also the, the, the creators behind Alan Wake, also created Quantum Break, mm-hmm. which has a fun little... Uh, rhyming scheme going on but not the point when you like when you pirated alan wake or quantum break if you pirated those games selling them illegally the main characters wear a skull and cross swords eye patch to signify that you are in fact a pirate and to that just that tickles me greatly that, that makes me happy on numerous levels and serious sam 3 why you'd want to do this i don't know why you'd want to even play this game i'm not sure why there's three of them i'm not sure they are actually really good uh i will 100% disagree with you on that. It was a terrible game. I played it with Dave of Tadpog fame, and if you ask him, he will agree wholeheartedly. It is one of the few games that is sitting in my garbage bullshit section of my Steam account, and nice. uh, I, it is one of the few games that has made me physically ill. Like, uh, yeah, like what I, I almost... Motion sickness, or... I almost vomited playing it, yes. Yeah, it's... It is one of the few games that made me physically ill. It is, if you don't know, they are old-school first-person shooters they're modeled after old school but yes. in the modern era they're built they're they built nowadays and they yeah. <sighs> they are super fast paced and shit flying all over the place like they're almost the equivalent of bullet hell first-person shooters sometimes like it's they get insane they do get they do get insane but that doesn't make them good i think they're fun just because what, what, what i like did? old person like well, old person old first-person shooters i do too but they took the worst aspects of the old first-person shooters and put them all into a single game. Where the fuck do I go? Why Why do I not have the key for this door? They don't improve on any way of the old formulas. They just make you motion sick. Yeah. And actually, to be kind of a little quick side tangent, sure. apparently the new Doom is kind of amazing. I want to play it, but I don't $60 want to play it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> of a similar boat, but that might change. But yeah, apparently it is... It is good because it is true to its roots. It like Which, one of the things that it doesn't do is innovate very much. Like it is just a good, fast paced, solid first person shooter. And that makes it stand out from the crowd because it does everything it does really really well which is the reason i want to play it everything it does it it doesn't need to improve on the old formula it takes the old formula and just runs with it it just has a lot of fun with that old formula of game and i really really want to play it but not 60 dollars really really but 
to come back to your serious Sam 3, I do approve of this particular little shenanigan that the developers put together. What they did was, if you have a party copy of the game, that serious Sam game, it will continue to work just fine. But if you crack the copy, a giant invincible pink scorpion will hound you for the entire game. It is invincible. You cannot kill it. It will continue. It is really fast and it will murder you every step. Every time you play, it will murder you. It's yeah, that's pretty funny. It is pretty awesome. Did you were you familiar with Batman Arkham Asylum when it first came out, like the pirated copy stories? No, I I had not heard about this, but it actually is pretty uh, pretty. Funny. It's 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 pretty great. So instead of instead of you know do, doing the usual pirate shit where they will they'll just lock the game down, you can't play it. Batman Arkham Asylum takes a necessary function of the game and turns it off. So instead of you, you played Arkham Asylum, right? Uh-huh. You know oh, how you have to glide from from gargoyle to gargoyle. Yeah, gargoyle to gargoyle. You can't do that. Instead of gliding, Batman's cape doesn't function. It'll just shut off. You'll drop like a sack of wet meat and hit the ground. You will be dead. And it is fantastically funny to watch. I've seen a couple of videos online of that particular anti-piracy thing turned on. And it's just funny as hell. Nice. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the Game Dev Tycoon one, though. Yes. I, yeah. I am familiar with the Game Dev Tycoon thing, which is actually kind of cool. So basically... The gist of Game Dev Tycoon is one of the tycoon games where you kind of run a run a company that does stuff. But in this one, you're running a company that makes video games. And a lot of it is really vague and kind of funny. But the way that they kind of kick you in the ass if you pirate the game with their anti-piracy stuff is that all of your games start getting pirated in Game Dev Tycoon. And then like your profit margins like kind of just completely dive into the shitter and eventually you end up declaring bankruptcy because you just can't like you can't win you can't because, the game yeah because you've run out of money it's fantastic yeah it's it's just kind of a very funny little thing of like kind of a nod to hey you know you can play the game you can check it out but yeah. we encourage you to purchase it since you're pirating a copy we're gonna have them pirate yours it's it's pretty good stuff uh, did you hear about the crisis warhead one at least no oh this one's great you have an exclamation point by this one so yeah i've got two words describing this in the notes and it's literally two words and it is chicken gun so if you pirate the crisis warhead game uh it turns all of your guns into chicken guns not that the guns are themselves are chickens you literally shoot chickens out of the guns they will do minimal damage it is just a hilarious cacophony of squawking chickens flying out of your guns (laughs) yeah we Again, funny tangent that this just reminded me of. Back in the day with Doom and Doom 2, we made a mod that we installed on a, that we left on a friend's computer because people would always play Doom on his computer because he had a really badass computer. Sure. But we thought that like playing Doom with the BFG was just unfair. Sure. Makes sense. Like it was unbalancing. So we modded the BFG to shoot cacodemons. Like living ones that would attack you after yes. they were shot at. Like they, they, awesome. they would fire out and like hit things and hurt them and then turn around and start flying towards you. That's fantastic. And like, but you could spam the button and you could fire off like five or six of the fuckers before you realized what was going on and like, that's, oh shit. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's just, it was a cacodemon gun and like people learned really quick just to not rely on the, uh, on that's the awesome. Now, I actually think this is my favorite one. Because while the other ones are rather innocent and harmless, like you can still play Alan Wake. You could still play with the crossbones. You could probably still play The Sims 4 with a pixelation if you tried. Really, really tried. I mean, Game Dev Tycoon, you can still check out the game. Arkham Asylum, you can check out the game up to a certain point before your necessary function just 
causes you to no longer function. And Crisis Warheads is just fucking hilarious. But LucasArts was absolutely famous for their anti-piracy measures. So back in the day when you've got anti-piracy measures, they didn't have DRM. They, they barely had enough room on the disc for the game itself. They weren't built into the disc, and I put a K in there, not a C, because back in that day, it was called a D-I-S-K disc. You had to put in a specific sequence of, of characters or words yeah. from the manual or the code wheel that came with the game. Um, almost always, and this was not just LucasArts. This was no, no, no. This was everywhere. Everyone. This and, was... and almost all of them were, you know, like turn to page fifteen of the manual and yeah. type in the seventh word, and you know, you would go in and be like one, two, three, four, fuck one, two, police, three, and then like four, hit enter, fuck. and because <laughs> you could like the the third line of the fourth, uh, yeah. the third word of the fourth line, you're like one, two, three, one, two fuck where the fuck is it yeah and but it would it would always be just something really really weird and some innocuous phrase that just didn't make any sense but if you fucked up in zach mccracken and the alien mindbenders what's really funny is you are thrown into a jail and there is a long long anti-piracy lecture that the guard gives you and it it is one of the most hilarious things that i can think of are, are you familiar with Animal Crossing I am familiar with Animal Crossing are you familiar with what happens in Animal Crossing if you turn the game off without saving yes <laughs> please regale our, our consumers here that is that is what it reminds me of it if, so there's a little guy at the menu that like you know basically talks you through a bunch of stuff in animal crossing it's tom nook is it tom nook okay. i believe so i thought it was the mayor for some reason i don't know anyway it, it's, i know that tom nook yells the fuck out of you so when you go to load a game after quitting and you like forget to save before you quit dude will sit there and just yell at you for like 10 minutes and like i'm not kidding it is literally 10 minutes of this dude bitching you out for not saving and being like you know won't you please think of the children kind of you know there are videos on youtube of this if you don't believe us it is so funny it is so hilarious like the first time it happened to me it was just like what the fuck are you yelling at me for dude but yeah he's uh so so hilariously good yeah it is pretty good uh, do you want to continue the anti-piracy measures or you want to check out the, the free yeah, game section first? So, so then there's anti-piracy shit that screws people over. Yeah. Usually in really not fun ways. Sometimes it's really funny. There's, I can't remember the name of it, but there's some anti-piracy measure that gets burned onto a, a disc. And the funny part is, is that it, it could be totally completely counteracted by a sharpie and you just color in a ring on the disc and it like prevents it from being read read by your drive so you can just install it like yeah it's hilarious like someone i think it was sony it was it was more often used in uh cds than on on gaming roms because it was used to keep people from pirating music and like and like literally you could just take a sharpie and it was a little ring around the inside of the the ring of the CD, and you just you you would literally just fill it in with Sharpie, and like I can't it, read that particular ring. That's yeah, great. your your DVD player and your computer would would just ignore it basically because it couldn't read it. So so some so Sony spent you know hundreds of yeah probably just, probably just millions of dollars trying to develop this anti piracy thing, and, and it you, just defeated a, with a ninety seven cent Sharpie. Defeated with the. Literally this. It was defeated with this. <laughs> this fucking pen. Oh, that's great. So they're on the flip side of the hilarious anti-piracy measures, there's also some reasonably hilarious anti-piracy measures in retrospect. 
but the stuff that they just kind of screwed over the regular guys too, like uh, that that Bioshock circle jerk that happened with Sekirom. Were you familiar with this? No, I'm not familiar with this at all. I didn't oh, have man. any problems with the well, original Bioshock, which is and, kind of funny. And that's fine, but that's probably because you bought it later on after, right? Mm-hmm. No, really? Okay, you must have gotten the patch then. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like I played it originally, and I was in school, and had this really funny story where I uh, so. I was playing most of the afternoons after I got out of classes and I'm playing in my dorm and we had a thing where we would just leave our doors open if you were there and people could just come in and bullshit with you. Sure. So I have, I have the volume just absolutely cranked and I'm playing Bioshock and I'm using the, the bees mod. So I'm running around with bees and a shotgun. Bees. So I'm shooting people with bees. And then while they're like fighting off the bees, I just, I literally run up and point blank, shoot them in the face with a shotgun and then move on to the next person. Yeah. It's hilarious. So, so I'm like literally running around this place and just, I'm in my room just yelling bees, bees, ah, like, like maniacally laughing. And like, so all people hear is me yelling bees and just shotgun firing over and over and over again and like eventually someone that comes down the hall and like six are heading the door like what the fuck is going on are you okay yeah dude are you you all right like oh yeah i'm just playing bioshock it's cool like, I would have literally just turned around, scream bees, and just click the button for shooting gun again. And well, and, and then he came in and was like, "What are you playing?" And I'm like, "I show him," and he's just like, "That's really fucking messed up, man." And then just left. <laughs> but like that—that was—that was my my favorite Bioshock moment. Was people like, I probably scared the shit out of people in my door <laughs> by yelling bees. Sure. I, I would have locked my ass off, but I would have known what you were talking about at the time. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was fun. But no, so apparently there was weird, yeah, yeah, anti piracy security there, bullshit. Like yeah. they were the first guys to use this uh, anti piracy software called Sekirom, which attempted to stop file sharing by only allowing each legit copy of the game to be downloaded to a computer twice. Ever, I mean, did you no. reform a computer twice? Tough shit. No Bioshock for you. So two K yeah. in there in the in the manual said just. I mean, you should be alright if you just want to sell a game before trying again. We'll fix the problem. Didn't fucking work. Yeah. If you call the number for Sekirom, printed on the manual, and at the time, you'd have gotten a laundromat in New Jersey. So after the third call to that laundromat in New Jersey, you realize that they printed the wrong number in the manual. So you research the, the actual number. You realize it's an international call. Lots of fucking money back then. So you email them and get the below response, which was, thank you for your email. You've activated your game too often. Please contact 2K Games regarding this issue. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask. Best regards, Sekiram support team. So here's the problem. The program told you to call Sekiram. Sekiram tells you to contact 2K. So you call them, but the people at 2K Games are about as clueless regarding Sekiram as you are. And after about two months of horrendous, horrendous calls, bad press, 2K Games finally released an uninstallation tool for it. Less than a year later, they ditched Sekiram and all the other game companies are familiar with mistake. Mm. Except EA. Of course. Are you familiar with the Spore debacle? The only Spore debacle I think I know of is the fact that like people Cox really, really everywhere. hated... Yeah. <laughs> people... <laughs> People really hated the uh, always on. That's that's actually part of it. So what they did is they took that Sekirom, like 2K dropped Sekirom, but EA picked it up for their amazing digital dick maker spore. They, and they doubled down on Sekirom's garbage and made sure that you had to have it. Sorry. So what was the average time to penis in spore? Oh, God, I don't know. But I imagine it was fairly quick. As long <laughs> as it took to germinate a, a, a seed from 
Nice. So yeah. if you if you are not familiar with the term, there is literally an industry term in the computer industry called time to penis. Yep. H-T-P. And it is any game which allows you to create users to create content. It is the amount of time it takes for those users to create a dick in your game. And usually it's really incredibly short. And it, this becomes an issue when you're doing stuff like, I don't know, making Lego MMOs that are family friendly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um. So, but anyway, EA just, they, they doubled down on that Securum stuff and made sure that you had to, have, had to have an always on connection. And so that security software would occasionally ping and let EA know that, yes, you were in fact using a legit copy because you'd run more than one copy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. The worst part is that this is a single player game. Being online at all times adds no value whatsoever, forcing you to maintain an always-on internet connection. Nowadays, it's less frowned upon because we're used to EA's bullshit, but in 2008, people were still fighting to get higher speed internet without lagging the entire house. Wasn't at all worth it for EA, I don't think. Over half a million pirated copies and some of the worst Amazon ratings ever due to the absolute tire fire of shitty reviews as a direct result of that requiring an always-on connection. So what did EA do in reply? They made SimCity. Remember SimCity? I, Same fucking shit. Yeah, SimCity had a really horrible, also yeah. a really horrible problem with always on connection stuff, even though it was a single player, like almost exclusively single player game. You could connect to other people's cities, but at the same time, it was still a very much a single player experience. Man, I, I God, what a shitstorm. I, I still remember the, 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 the delightful dicks that came out of Spore, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Nice. Uh, what else you got here? I, I see some more notes here. So this is kind of, yeah, like mostly my bitching about the uh, anti-piracy shit is like always on connections for games suck. They like, do. You should. And I have a very particular gripe with this. And it is a very unique gripe with this because having to have an always on connection really incredibly sucks balls when you are deployed in fucking Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was one of the really massively shitty things about Mass Effect 3 is that to install Mass Effect 3, you had to register it on like to even be able to play. Like I had the physical copy of the motherfucking game in my fucking hands and I could not install it on my computer because I needed to connect to EA's incredibly shitty servers in the United States and From from Afghanistan and it would not connect. So it took me like almost three months i think to install it before i could finally play it yeah that's some shit and uh and i finally did for i don't some fluke thing at like four in the morning managed to connect and like was like holy shit let me finally fucking install this game and yeah Yeah. the the only the only time i can i can accept always on connections is something like dark souls where it adds a lot of value to the game yeah that's the only thing i can accept for it but you can play that offline too you don't have to have it always on and to a degree i can accept it for uh elite dangerous but i still don't get why it's requires a connection for single player for elite dangerous like it should yeah, I, I don't know it just shouldn't no it because, shouldn't right. because it's not like i feel like it it probably pings the server to generate quests like in missions for elite yeah. dangerous when you're in single player yeah. but if you're in single player your missions are different than when you're in a private server or when you're on open play like if you um, jump between the three your missions will change i wonder if it hits a server in order to generate people in the area yeah I, the, it's those are the only two explanations i can think of but it's still i don't know 
it's still weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, always on, always connected shit is kind of shitty. One of the things that I think has been helping though, and this is something we actually didn't talk about in our digital distribution thing, is that one of the things Steam has been really amazing at is preventing piracy. It doesn't need DRM. It doesn't no. need any of that shit because like when you buy it, it gets attached to your account. Yeah. And, you know, all you do is you log in with your computer on a new machine, authenticate it with Steam, and then, boom, you can download your library to that yeah. new computer. Like, that's really good. That's the good thing about Steam is that it do- you don't need to pirate things. You purchase them. You can access them from any computer that you want Yeah, because they're your games. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Have at them. They're yours. You bought them with your money. We have your money now, but now they're your games. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so that's... I don't know. That's that's the thing that's really good about the digital distribution stuff is that it offers you a method to play games without really having to worry about any of this anti-piracy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it spawns this really fucking weird and annoying ass thing, which is I have this. I'm just going to read it because this is actually this is my opinion on it. You know, it's it's that that weird moment when you buy a game and put the disk in your computer to install it, and it triggers the game to download from Steam instead of installing from the physical disk you just put in your fucking computer. It's not just that. I know, but, like, Fallout 4 did that. Yep. Like, Rage did it. Do you know what happens with Xbox games when you buy them? Physical copies of the disk? You put them in, they download. Same thing. Every single game, not just, you know one-offs like Fallout 4 or Rage, every single fucking game downloads on your computer. Yeah, Rage was actually really funny because I actually... Because what it'll do now is it won't even... Like, the disc that you get with Fallout 4 like basically has almost nothing on it. It literally just, you know, authenticates authenticates your shit on Steam and then it's worth... It's a coaster. You Um, you know what it does? It's got a Steam key on it. Yeah. That's all we but, got. But Rage actually had the full game on the disc. The fuck was the point of making you download it then? I don't know. Because like I installed it in Afghanistan and it tried Ooh. to go to Steam and I was like, nope, go fuck yourself. I'm not downloading. Like, do you have any idea how long it would have taken yeah. me to download? Plus how much it would have cost you? Because I know that it costs money for internet access in Afghanistan, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I was paying probably $70 a month for probably the equivalent of 30 internet modem it it depends on the time of day like in time of day is a really weird term because it depends on people's shifts yeah um so there were some times where it was amazing like if if i was connected if i was connected at between probably like three and maybe like five or six in the morning the people who worked night shift were at work the people who work day shift are fucking asleep. asleep so at those times, you could get connection speeds that probably got close to 20 megabits. Mm-hmm. And that was considered amazing, yeah. just to oh, put that in perspective. All of the rest of the time, like if I got, if I connected at like 8 p.m., where people are off of work and had just gotten out of dinner and blah, blah, or sitting in yeah. the room, like, I mean, you're talking 3K. Yep. Maybe if you're, if you're lucky. Yep. So, yeah, it would have taken me a really, really long time. Well, quite quite a long time. Yeah. So, like, it was actually good that I could stop the Steam install and actually install from the disk, and it ran perfectly fine from there. 
That's some weird shit. But yeah, there's it's it's actually becoming pretty common now. Uh, Fallout New Vegas actually did it. Fallout New Vegas just installed it through Steam. Yeah, yeah, it is it is a fairly common thing. I mean, you've got an entire library of Xbox games yeah. on your Xbox One. But hey, this is now a coaster. You have yeah. to have it in if you want to play the game because we authenticate the fact that you actually own the game still. But other than that, you can just kind of you know rub off with it if you really want to yeah well the good part with the xbox doing that is the game runs faster like if it's if it's reading off of the hard drive versus reading off of the disc it it parses it all faster and you know loads faster but yeah that's fine i get that that. forces you to do it kind of sucks it pisses me off quite a bit yeah that's just i don't know that's some horseshit I noticed you got a little bit more notes down here for free games. I'm kind of curious yeah. what you were going with with that. Uh, that actually probably should have been under the uh, pre-order stuff because it is kind yeah. of pre-order related. So there, there's been a handful of times in the relatively recent past where they will give you a free game when you pre-order something, usually a prequel. The most recent one I can think of is Wasteland 2. Yeah. When Wasteland 2, you, when you ordered it, you would get the original Wasteland yep. like for free. Do you still get that when you buy it on Steam, or is that so. just not? I don't know if you. Okay. I don't know if you get it anymore. But when you you can get Wasteland One on Steam now. Yeah. Okay. Um. But like another recent one, uh, relatively recent, and if you bought Grand Theft Auto Four, you would get a copy of Vice City. That's pretty sweet. Which Vice City was a. I thoroughly arguably, enjoyed it. Arguably the best game that they've made. Mm, I don't know. I I still really like GTA Three. I don't know. No arguments here, but Vice City had Tommy Versetti. I mean, yeah, Tommy Versetti is funny, but I just I love the silent protagonist in GTA Three. That was yeah, that was it cracked me up so much that he just, he didn't bother saying anything. But it's Ray Liotta, and and they, they they take the piss out of that by the way with uh, Saints Row uh, One and Two, yeah, which I I loved because they they comment on it considerably with the uh, with the the characters like you don't say much, do you? Consistently yeah. ta- telling you saying that to you, it's really funny. And then at the I think at the end of Santa Row One, he finally says the line, and everybody's just like, <gasps> and just kind of stares at him, stunned. Yeah. It's great. Uh, another good example. Uh, so you had the game Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, yep. uh, and yep. you got the original Ban- Banjo Kazooie game from the uh, Xbox Live Arcade. So it's just a downloadable. Uh, along those same lines, when you bought uh, what the shit is that game called? Uh, Alice: The Madness Returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, got- you got you got the original Alice game. American Mages Alice, Alice yeah. on also on Xbox Live Arcade, I think. I yep. don't know if you got that for PC also. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I, don't remember. I, I never played either of the games, so my sister was really good them. Probably why I never played them. But, uh, when uh, you when you pre-ordered Red Alert three, you got Red Alert two, yep. which Red Alert two was a phenomenal game, especially if you had the expansion for it. Absolutely, uh, it's probably one of the best balanced real time strategy yeah. games like ever made. I think couldn't and, agree more. And Tesla coils. Fucking Tesla coils were the best. Yeah. Uh, when you a, a really interesting one from Console Land, which is interesting, rare. Uh, yeah, and incredibly rare. Uh, well, other than the Xbox Live Arcade thing, but this is actually physical media, which is why this is rare. When you bought Wind Waker for the GameCube, you got Ocarina of Time for the GameCube, which was really cool. Yeah, because Ocarina of Time was not an originally a GameCube game. It was not. It was in 64 and arguably the best game for N64, which is saying a lot because the games were not great on N64. Fight me. We, yeah, we will We will argue about that at a later date. <laughs> Fight me. 
Well, but I I didn't realize that it was a, a DLC list uh, or pre-order list that you're putting on. But uh, yeah. in the same console vein, I put on Chronicles of Riddick Assault on Dark Athena, which came out on Xbox 360, but also included when you when you purchase that copy regardless of when you purchased it you also got escape from butcher bay uh, which was an originally an xbox game but it was both both are excellent games if you haven't played them i highly recommend them they're great first person games but yeah it's just it's just another little thing that they try and do to get you to buy a game before it actually comes out which i don't know it those are games that i would actually purchase for yeah yeah, yeah. but it's just like it's i don't know i'm annoyed at developer shenanigans recently and and it's bad because like it's something they need to do like it's they have a need to try and stand out from the crowd and if they can give you a better value for the thing that you are going to pre-order that is a good thing right like i mean that's arguably that's good sure the problem is that yeah sometimes what they offer is not a good value and kind of sucks it depends i i I get what you're saying and i Mm -hmm. and i wholeheartedly agree with the sentiment of these shenanigans being well shenanigans and the most negative connotation of the term and uh, i i know I, I know you're just itching to make a super troopers joke so no uh, no it's shenanigans we all know we all know the, the joke but actually what i was reaching down to pick up is something that's still really funny to me i have still not opened you can see the the cellophane still on yeah. it still not opened and i haven't really gotten around to it which is kind of funny so a vault 21 symbol on that is definitely a vault 21 symbol all right this is from fallout new vegas yeah no shit enjoy your stay this is from the collector's edition that's pretty sweet it's a, a deck a standard deck of playing cards and it's it actually has a vault tech control group number on it and it's that's awesome but it is it is a set of playing cards, and I actually have it with my other playing cards because actually, this actually amusingly, this deck of cards has been to Afghanistan and back, but never That's been awesome. opened, which is kind of funny because I knew That's we awesome. would play cards over there. So I have several several decks of cards, including ones that most people don't see. Yeah, I mean, mine this deck of cards, which yep. is actually kind of cool. Understanding if, <laughs> and yeah, it's it says so, understanding Afghanistan. It on says it for- understanding Afghanistan. Uh, and then on the back, it says these playing cards have been provided as part of the coin to troops initiative. Uh, and I don't remember what coin stands for, um, I, I but know, it's but it has it's a but, counterinsurgency thing, I think, uh, initiative to enhance the understanding of Afghanistan and its people. And it literally means counterinsurgency. Yeah. So literally on every card, it has something like this. So it's a like little map of the area and yeah. explains something about the culture. Yeah. Pilgrim Shemekka in this one in particular. Yeah, and and I these are actually still in order. Like so, there's the. That's awesome. You haven't even op- you've barely opened these, I guess. Uh, I've I've opened them and just kind of read them, but they're they're still in order for a reason. Yeah, which is actually, kind of, yeah. It's like, I mean, and it basically it's there to teach you, you know, the little things that you should know. Like like this one, the uh, the Uzbeks are descendants of the Central Asian Turks who frequently invaded from the north. They are the largest Turkish group in northern Afghanistan, and it's like. That's something you should know if you have to inter, in, you sure. know, interact with them on a yeah. frequent basis. And we were actually in northern Afghanistan, so we Quite we did. Cool. Yeah. So it's just, and then I have another one that's similar to that. That's uh, respect Afghan heritage, and it is also yeah, like another military deck of cards that just got a cool shit that you know people don't even think about or you know don't know that it even exists, uh, right. and you would right. never know if you were not you know in the military and there yeah and we have man this this came uh this, this went kind of a 
weird direction. Yeah, but but yeah, um, part, part of that was you know it was talking about just weird stuff that comes in pre-orders. Like sure, sure. The the last thing I uh, I mean you you have a deck of cards. The only thing I had is a platinum chip from mine. Yeah, I have I have a platinum chip somewhere too. Like a little. I, I, I have to have the deck deck of cards then somewhere. It's yeah. probably in the box. I probably have it in that fucking closet over there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> probably should wrap this up, huh? We've, we've been talking we've, for almost two hours. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of editing for you. This is a record, just about. Uh, yeah, so where do they find us? The easiest place is at our website, LoadedCartGaming.com. We're also on Facebook slash LoadedCartGaming, Twitter at LoadedCart, and I think that's about it for right now. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, you can find me at, uh, at Paul Cluel. You can email us if you want. You can email me, Paul at LoadedCartGaming.com. You can email him, Chop at LoadedCartGaming.com. You can email us both, Podcast LoadedCartGaming.com. I, I hate asking for it, but if you guys could give us a, a review, write a review, you know, leave it on iTunes. It's still a large market, as always. We'd, we'd really appreciate it. it. Helps us get some more viewers in here, some butts in the seats, so to speak. Other than that, if you check us out on iTunes, you know, subscribe, write the review, find us on iTunes, Stitcher. It's really about it. Yeah, that's always good stuff because reviews are currency in the uh, land of podcasts and stuff like that. Much as I hate asking for it, I'd appreciate a review. You can give five stars if you want, if you really enjoyed it. If not, I'd understand too. Just give us some constructive criticism and don't just yell at us for no reason whatsoever. Yep. Other than that, uh, <laughs> that's, that's really it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I realize what you're laughing at, and it's, it's somebody who just came in to just troll us. But uh, yeah. yeah. Anything else? No. Uh, I think we're good, man. Yeah. Well, here's some smooth jazz to play you out. Tyrone Pussy Eater, I guess.